This show is powered by BL3P, the Lightning-enabled European Bitcoin exchange. Connect the build. Arnold Hubach, Bitcoin cheerleader for Bitcoin Focus and Digital Nomad. Table tennis, also known as ping pong, is a racket sport derived from tennis, but distinguished by its playing surface being a top or a stationary table, rather than the court on which players stand. When watching a table tennis match, sometimes it's easy to lose track of the ball. This is even truer when uh, you watch professionals play the game. Do you know the fastest record of hitting the ball back and forth across the table is three times per second? No. You can wake me up in the middle of the night for a pepusa from Pupuseria Gaisi in El Salvador. Yes. <laughs> is it still possible to travel for a vacation being a digital nomad? No. West Vleteren is a brewery founded in 1838 at the Trappist Abbey of St. Sixtus in Vleteren, Belgium. Their best rated and very limited beer is the West Vleteren 12. Should they change the name of this award-winning beer to West Vleteren 21? <laughs> no. Ludovico Enaudi is an Italian pianist and composer. Enaudi has composed the scores for a number of films and television productions, including This Is England, The Untouchables and I'm Still Here. Have you ever had a chance to visit one of his concerts? Yes. Have you ever made an offline lightning transaction? No. Do you sometimes wake up in the morning and forget which country you're currently in? No. Is there a better way to teach people about Bitcoin than making a board game about it? No. Is it true that you've spent more time in El Salvador than the Netherlands since Bitcoin is legal tender there? Yes. Are you Satoshi Nakamoto? No. Welcome to the Connected World Weekly Podcast. I'm Edward. And I'm Steph. We are ready to take you with us into the beautiful world of the Lightning Network. Enjoy, Enjoy the, the ride. ride. This is episode 76 of Connected World. Steph. Good to see you, hey, Arnold. <laughs> this yeah, show yeah. is made possible by BL3P. Uh, thank you guys for helping us with our mission. And of course, if you want to help with our mission, then uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, subscribe at our YouTube channel, or if you have any questions at all, go to our Telegram group and uh, you can ask us anything there. And of course, a donation is always welcome. Say Этот мир. Good to, good good to, to have, have you on the show. show. <laughs> hey guys, good to see you. Can you explain what a Bitcoin cheerleader is or what, what a Bitcoin cheerleader does maybe? Supporting every little bit of Bitcoin that happens all around the world by just talking about it, explaining, helping, whatever. And yeah. it's all over the world then. So that's that's important, right? Yeah, yeah, well, it's part of my life. So like wherever you see a bit of Bitcoin, just go there, talk about it. Do you know how many countries uh, countries you visited um, in your Bitcoin journey? So countries that you have visited, especially because Bitcoin is happening there. Um, 
I think four or five in total. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay. And how many are on the list still? Oh, many. <laughs> this is growing, I can imagine. Like the, the Bitcoin economies pop up and like all across the world. Right. So yeah. you can't keep up with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good thing. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah. a real it's a gr real great thing. And um, I saw you. Uh, we asked you um, about Ludovico Einaudi. He's a composer, and I think yeah, for me, he's one of the best pianists out there. Um, and I really liked. I really enjoy his music. Definitely. You have the, you had a chance to visit one of his concerts. Was it the one in Eindhoven or? No, it was in the concert hall in Amsterdam. I think four ah. years ago. And actually, last month he was in Costa Rica, and I just happened to find out he was giving a concert there as well. Oh, really? Amazing! But All right. it was five hours by bus, and I figured it out two days ahead, and it was just too much hassle. But if I would have oh. been in the capital, I would have gone again. Yes. Yes. Where, where was it held in uh, in Costa Rica? Was it also in San Jose? Yeah, okay. no, it was quite a small venue, but still like definitely worth it. Yeah, 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 man, great. And yeah, you, Steph, in... did you see it in Eindhoven? Then? Yeah, I was in Eindhoven because the show in Amsterdam was already yeah. sold out. So uh, <laughs> I really uh, wanted to uh, to go to the um, uh, to the um, uh, the one in Amsterdam, but. I think we didn't go to the same because I also went to Eindhoven, but it was um, together with the Amsterdam Sinfonietta. So it was um, a, a violist uh, um, uh, composer there making yeah. music, uh, classic music, and then an Audi within their music. It's That was really great. It, it, yeah, it was a synergy it, that that's amazing. And it's interesting because... There are a lot of classical uh, um, people that didn't, uh, don't find an Audi uh, a, a, a classic pianist, right? So it's, it's very uh, minimalistic. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it is. And that makes it, it magical. But yeah, yeah, you have to like absolutely. It. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and um, um, experiencing it live—that's even more magical, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, amazing. I was to the in a time lapse uh, series. That okay. Was, when the album came out, I think yeah. it was uh, in a time lapse. Yeah. So only uh, um, concerts only the uh, from album him. showcase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, that's yeah. that's also great, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's also it was. Yeah, every time I see the man playing is is amazing, man. So <laughs> yeah. And, and how come, Arno, that you didn't have a uh, offline lightning transaction uh, yet? Yeah. Because, uh, I yeah, I was thinking that I wanted to build the offline, like a three D printed machine from uh, Ben Ark, but then yeah. I missed some little pins and then I started traveling and then like couldn't find it. I've been looking in El Salvador for those pins actually, so it didn't work out. And, and you I mean thought, the like, point of sale uh, thing, yeah, right? The, yeah, yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah. that's only for receiving. I also got the Nostrica. <laughs> I just happened to have it here, offline <laughs> SAS card. And I also haven't used it yet, but yeah. Uh, in, in, in time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you, um, you've built, uh, because that's uh, what we saw on your Twitter account, of course, the ATM, right? The, the coin... Uh, Lightning uh, ATM. Yeah, it was yeah, like a Lightning. couple of years ago when Lightning was just getting some traction. Yeah. I think it was during lockdown as well. That's, and, and actually, I graduated as a product designer, so I love to okay. make things. Yeah. Um, before I started to do all the Bitcoin stuff. And this was like a nice hobby project to use and all the you... open source stuff out there yeah. and build it. Well, like a, 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 as a product designer, you must like Ben Ark a lot because it's Definitely. it's all about experimenting <laughs> and building. Yeah. 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 <laughs> cool. Awesome. And you're now in, um, in El Salvador, actually. Um, yep. What brought you here again? Because um, it's not the first time you're in, uh, in this country, obviously. Uh, but what brought you here now? 
there are so many exciting things going on. And I think the, the main thing that brings me back are the people, both the locals, but also all the other Bitcoin cheerleaders that move here, like mm -hmm. build yeah. a living or there's so many small things organized from meetups to like gatherings or just but do, do you see a big things. increase in um in people um yeah living in uh, going to live in in, uh, in moving to el salvador because they are a bitcoiner yeah yeah more and more like i've spoken to so many people that came to try it for like one or two months and then they're sold and they just go back home once more and then move here permanently and mm -hmm. not only like solo travelers or people on its own but whole families move here as well and it's quite fascinating to see everyone yeah. has like the same goal of having some kind yeah. of freedom here <laughs> and also an increase of locals that are um, um at the those uh, same gatherings or uh, get 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 togethers because that's the goal yes. of adopting bitcoin right uh, the conference that that more local people get uh, enthusiastic um, about bitcoin and lightning and yeah, I was at the meetup yeah. last week from my first Bitcoin and there were many developers from the development program. Uh, I think it's called Subo Plus. Yeah. And they all came to the meetups as well. And yeah, somehow you have to engage everyone in the whole movement and it's definitely yeah. happening more and more. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. And and you don't have plans to um, to move there permanently? Or <laughs> No, although it feels like a second home, but <laughs> I like exploring the world more than settling in El Salvador, I think. And what's, okay. what will be your next step? Your next hop? Next hop. Oh, I'm going to, to Seattle first to meet a friend. And after that, I really want to go to, uh, to Nostrasia in Japan yeah. for the Nostra conference in uh, November. So likely I'll go to Asia again after yeah. uh, a summer break back home or home in the Netherlands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Netherlands. <laughs> to your roots. Cool, man. <laughs> really cool. Yeah, really. Um, and maybe, um, yeah, you're obviously a Bitcoin cheerleader, but you also um, are a writer uh, from uh, for, for Bitcoin Magazine, the uh, Dutch version, and yep. you're one of the fathers of Bitcoin Focus. Can you maybe tell in a nutshell what, what you're doing there and yeah, what, what those two, two platforms are about? Yeah, so... To start with the beginning, I graduated as a product designer in 2019. Yeah, right before the lockdowns and stuff happened. Yeah. And yeah. from then, day one, second one, I wanted to do something in a Bitcoin space. So I continued writing for Bitcoin Magazine.nl, where I was freelancing. And along the way, do many more Bitcoin related things from translating books to like courses or lectures and stuff like that. And then I think. One and a half year ago, we came up with the same colleagues, Robin and Wessel, to make Bitcoin Focus, which is more in-depth than the quick news, which Bitcoin Magazine is, but more in-depth interviews, like focus really on the on Bitcoin instead of the price and uh, everything is happening around it from day-to-day -day basis. Mm. And yeah. so from there, I'm the co-founder and still Bitcoin cheerleading. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. Cool, man. Great. Hey, yeah, we have a lot of questions about those projects, but obviously uh, uh, we really want to know all the your experiences with um, visiting all the, the great communities we have. Um, but it has to be in the 21 minutes. So um, yeah, if you're ready, we would like really like to enter that part. Let's go. Yeah, yeah let's right. do it. Let's do it. Connectează lumea. Well, um, as you've stated before, um, you've been to a lot of different parts of the world to uh, see the adoption of Bitcoin with your own eyes. 
Um, can you share maybe uh, any particular um, transformative experience uh, you've had while uh, documenting uh, the adoption of Bitcoin around the world? Maybe one that uh, stood up uh, in, in your memories? Yeah, so maybe good to start with the places I've been. So Bitcoin yeah. Beach, El Zonte, Bitcoin Jungle in Costa Rica, Bitcoin Island in the Philippines, and Bitcoin Lake in Guatemala. So actually the thing that I remember the most that in every place, the use case is slightly different or the whole perception about, around the project is different. It all sounds like Bitcoin circular economies, but when you are there, you see that the specific niche that Bitcoin is like helping with is like not comparable to the other place. And it's yeah. like this big monster that Bitcoin is, has like some purpose, different purposes in different places in the world. Yeah, and the funny thing is because you're, you're yeah, well, the, the places you've been are, most of them are emerging uh, countries, um, yeah. and, but but yet there there's still differences in, in perspective because you would expect that from uh, comparing the Netherlands with, for instance, El Salvador, but even when you compare those emerging markets, markets, you also see that difference. Yeah, definitely. So, for example, in, in the Philippines, what people are doing there is they use Bitcoin 100% as a payment method, and they don't even see the logo, the name, the currency, valuation, or whatever. They just see peso, and they use it as a lightning as a payment rail, which yeah. is so different than... For example, here in El Zonto, where people really have like a Bitcoin balance and a dollar balance or even like Bitcoin only. And they yeah. say Bitcoin accepted instead of like this pouch wallet accepted. So, uh, yeah, very different besides like yeah. how the countries and, and the locations are very different as well. Yeah. And you also um, are a documentary maker, a filmmaker, um, you can say, because you made a great uh, documentary about Bitcoin uh, Island uh, in the Philippines. And in your documentaries, you often interact with locals and try to capture their views on, on Bitcoin. How has this shaped your own perspective on its global adoption? Well, I wouldn't call myself a documentary maker. Like I am on places where it's Bitcoin and then I want to share it with everyone. So I just start recording and like, luckily we have some following with Bitcoin Focus and now. So like, that's first of all. <laughs> Secondly, what I've really seen is that in, I think in the Bitcoin community, we focus too much on like the technical part, like let's improve it, like the user experience, this and that. But the real real difference has to be made in education. Like we can try to make apps better and more user-friendly with onboarding, but if you talk with the locals, they need first like 10 steps of education before they are going to start with a wallet at all. So I think it's great that we, we want it all to improve but there has to be so much more to be done that's not behind the screen <laughs> with developing yeah. and coding and onboarding. And it's, it's funny that you say this because we also talked to, uh, to Max, um, uh, who's, uh, who is a filmmaker, um, uh, last week, and, and he says exactly the same. And he's also a digital nomad, also traveling to all the, these different um, uh, communities. And he's Was it the same year exactly last the week? Same. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he, 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 he tells exactly the same thing. So I, I think that the people who are building stuff within the Lightning space really have, have to listen and sit down with you guys because you really had uh, boots on the ground and you, you guys are really getting the experiences from the locals that is, is, are most important. Yeah, and you see the challenges of all those places because all, uh, all uh, also regulations are are different in those places, right? So um, yeah, there are Definitely. some things that are easier to build. 
So from a technical perspective, from, from developers side of it, um, uh, do you think that making things user uh, more user-friendly is not enough if you don't do a, a more ed education and better ed education on uh, Bitcoin? Well, definitely there are more things to be done technical-wise. Yeah. So what you mentioned with the regulations in the Philippines, there is like a moratorium on licenses for crypto exchanges. So yeah. they are not allowed to convert or like have two balances and be like kind of an exchange. So what they do is custodial Bitcoin app with only the yeah. peso balance. So if you want to do it better, yeah, make a non-custodial tarot stable coin, like on, on top of mm -hmm. tarot, taproot assets, which makes eventually the app better because it's non-custodial, but it still doesn't solve the whole problem with do the people on the ground really know what it is and like what they can do yeah. with it. Yeah. And I think that step has to be made first because we can see the real benefits of having an app that's very useful. So before the actual on onboarding, uh, this is needed, you think? Yeah, like if you talk with locals yeah. and you ask what it is, they have no idea. Like some of and them don't even have like a Facebook account because they don't know how technical. It's too technical yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah. Like we tend to forget that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like just download an app and start using it is already... Like we are a bit biased, I think. Yeah, yeah. And from our first perspective, Steph, it's it's really uh, um, uh, strange that uh, that you see those those countries that that could really benefit from it, um, and they just can't start if if they don't understand it more. So that's uh, yeah. And even here yeah, in El Salvador, yeah. for example, I went to like I buy a lot with Bitcoin here. I went to a place last week where they accepted Chivo. And then first they say, you can only pay from Chivo to Chivo, but I don't have Chivo because I'm not El Salvadorian. And then I try to explain it. Then they show me an on-chain QR code. It's like, can I please pay with Lightning? <laughs> what is Lightning? <laughs> and, <laughs> and then you show them what the Lightning part is. And then, yeah, hey, you can make an invoice as Canon and it works. But then you're already like three steps further in like yeah. this first education part before you yeah. really can do the payment you want. And that's already at the place that wants to accept Bitcoin, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we make <laughs> it very I... complicated. Our, like, I know yeah. it is how it is, but it's, there are many steps before someone really has the workflow. And, and, yeah. and then you explain it and there's another merchant that didn't have this, this explanation yet, like, or a colleague or whatever person that works at the same company is like, you have to tell it all over again the next day. Yeah. <laughs> Can you maybe describe some more challenges you face when explaining uh, or reporting a, a complex topic like Bitcoin or Lightning to, to those diverse audiences? Because, yeah, well, we have people listening that are real, really building the software, so maybe they can um, get some inspiration out of it. Um, that's a good point. I was actually thinking about how personally I have the answers now because I've been doing it for a while. But with Nostra, for example, you have to do it all over again. So you feel like, <laughs> yeah. wait, I tried to explain it to someone. I'm using words like protocol and, and <laughs> like relays. Like, no, we need simpler terminology. So even things like an invoice, a lightning invoice, is Bitcoin the same as lightning or two different things? Like, can I pay with lightning? It's already confusing. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you finally think you know Bitcoin, then you start to use the word lightning. It's like, like explaining a, a, a payment rail or a layer uh, that's 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 very difficult for to yeah. to grasp if if you're not 
in into the the subject right so that's uh, yeah and i yeah. know like the wallets are doing all their best to make it better but then for example here in el salvador i know that many people are using the moon wallet because of the uh my first bitcoin classes they educate many mm -hmm. people here then the fees go high and like moon is very intuitive like it just has one balance no problem with liquidity and and, and channels uh, then we easy. have this like round round about to make it very intuitive the fees go up and like every payment with moon is expensive so all the education is done for nothing like you have to change to a different wallet yeah, yeah. and like it works until it doesn't work and then you have to explain all the way again that it's only like good for a while <laughs> because yeah. like moon i couldn't use it here i had to pay like a dollar fee on a five dollar lightning payment and then you finally have the people here their own custodial non-custodial wallet and then it doesn't work anymore but like there yeah, you are yeah. <laughs> yeah important yeah indeed yeah uh, well, uh, you've discussed uh, already some um, uh, difficulties uh, that uh, that exist. And can you uh, maybe d discuss any particular challenges or setbacks communities have faced in implementing the Lightning Network? So implementing it in, in, in the community, um, besides education, of course. Um, are there any other uh, setbacks that they um, needed to overcome? Um. Yeah, so every community is very different. Like what yeah. I said in the Philippines, I just see it as an alternative for payments apps and they don't even see that it's lightning and it's all based on account numbers and a QR code, which is, I don't think, called an invoice. I still think that static invoices is a big problem because every app is a little bit different. Like the, the Bitcoin Beach wallet, Blink, has this QR code, but sometimes with some wallets you scan it, it doesn't work. So you first have to scan it with your normal camera, then it opens in the browser and from there you can do the lightning payment. Yeah. Uh, and then there is Moon who doesn't do all the LNURL stuff, like not everything. So you scan something and it says like LNURL withdrawal problems. Like what does it actually mean? <laughs> so we are moving towards better solutions with a static QR code, but it's not there yet. And I know we're working on build 12 and everyone's like trying yeah. to implement that. So hopefully that will be resolved, but this is quite of a hassle right now. Just it with is. all the merchants, like if you sell pupusas on the street, you just want to have one QR code, you can scan it and that's it. But then I have to prove that I paid because like it's only on my phone. Yeah. So like I'm gonna scan this QR code, pay like a dollar for uh, like some, some ice cream and then I have to show it on my wallet where I have like a euro balance and Satoshi's. So I can't even prove I sent a dollar. And like, there's so many extra things that I have to prove that I paid instead of just a simple yeah, static. There's, there's, there's yeah. a merchant that has to trust you that you display the right information, right? Yeah. So, so that exactly. simple uh, point of sale solution or maybe uh, the, the solution, the offline solution could be uh, interesting, but then make it so, as cheap as possible, of course, because printing a QR code is the most easy thing for them to do, of course. Yeah. yeah. And what impact do you believe the Lightning Network has on the daily use and acceptance of Bitcoin based on your observations during your trips in El Salvador and uh, the Philippines? Oh, it's incredibly important and, and moving everything so much in, more in the right direction that 
I think I only paid like once or twice with on-chain payments now. And I think I did 50 payments so far in three weeks and it's all lightning. And yeah, like lightning is the standard, like obviously. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it is quite clear that of course lightning is the way to go, <laughs> but like, it's really, if you really use it, you see that it makes, makes sense. And also for me as a personal experience, as a digital nomad in many countries, you meet many people that you do trips with. It's like, yeah, at the end of the month, you have to settle up with people from Brazil, from Cambodia, whatever. You just let them download a wallet and you send some sats over Lightning and they understand it right away. Yeah, oh, and, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it really makes a difference, yeah. And what are the, the primary uh, advantages and challenges you've seen with the use of the Lightning Network, for example, in Borake, uh, particularly in relation uh, to other payment systems like uh, Gcash? Um, yeah, so in the Philippines, there is a lot of competition with payment methods. There's Gcash, Maya, um, and more of those things that really work within the Philippines. And it's just like you're sending from one app to another. There's no Bitcoin involved. It's an internal okay. database. So for yeah. them, it works. It's not a bank account, but it's like the fintech companies. So that's what Lightning has to compete with. And these are companies with big marketing budgets. So if you arrive on the airport near in Malai, near Boracay, you see all these big billboards with these payment companies that are promoting their payment app. And yeah. then you think like, how is Lightning ever going to compete with that? And where is the marketing budget going to come from? Like we all know it works, but for internal payments, it's not necessarily better because like app to app is cheap, it's free, mm -hmm. but interconnecting it with the world, that's where the real use case is, is, but then we still need like the whole marketing, like people should be using it instead yeah, yeah. of this, this local alternative that works for them. Yeah. yeah, because how, how do you uh, describe the adoption of the Lightning Network now um, and, and how is it utilized in, in Boracay, the Philippines, as you've observed yourself, the Lightning Network competing um, with all those other options? Yeah, so then you have to start to compare it with international payments. So mm -hmm. like in, within the Philippines, it works okay, okay-ish, not perfect. Like people cannot get a bank account so easily, but... If you start comparing Lightning with, for example, a normal cash withdrawal, which cost me six and a half percent just to get peso out of the ATM, and I pay the same thing from my Lightning wallet to a peso balance app, it's free. Yeah. So I am saving almost seven percent on every purchase I do, which means I can spend seven percent more in the economy, in the local economy. So Yeah, what was the question again? So, Sorry. So it's both <laughs> ways. It's it, it's it's better uh, for the merchants, but also for 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 you because yeah. you can spend more in the economy and and it costs you less. Exactly. So yeah. And yeah. and then so for the receiver, they don't even have to see the Bitcoin logo, the Bitcoin indeed uh, balance. They just yeah. receive it into a peso app. And that's it. And yeah, it's beneficial for them and for me. Yeah, yeah and, and the question was, um, how would you describe the adoption of the Lightning Network uh, in Borokay now? Um, so is it used a lot or uh, for uh, regular groceries or? Uh, so yeah. not by the locals. So it's okay. really people coming from 
outside of the Philippines going to this touristy place to yeah. spend whatever they want. But then again, like once you are Filipino within the country, you don't even need lightning because you just all have the same pouch app. You go from pouch to pouch. That's custodial. There's not even like a lightning payment going on. No. Uh, so, and then even like the alternatives like Gcash, which works as well. So, yeah. <laughs> within well, the Philippines, not a big deal. No. Internationally, yes, but so much more potential. Yeah, yeah, and you said it already. Like uh, the people from outside of the country, um, it, it do, does the Lightning Network influence a lot in Boracay um, to have more tourism uh, for uh, for people who who want to see it for their own eyes? Do you think there's there's more tourism now uh, thanks uh, to Bitcoin Lionel? Yeah, but just a couple of people. Like okay. I went to meetups or twenty Bitcoiners, and that's it. It's very <laughs> okay. different compared to El Salvador, where people are really moving yeah. here. Yeah. The big difference is that it's also good for remittances. And I think mm -hmm. there's like $38 billion sent to the Philippines every year, which you cannot really see. Like tourism, you can like physically see, like there are yeah. people coming. Yeah. See the people. But for a remittance payment, you need to know to send her and a receiver and everything else you don't need. Like you can really track it. You can really well. have it visible. So it is used, it can be used a lot, but we won't really see the impact in like social media and yeah. and like cool pictures and Bitcoin meetups <laughs> and whatever. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and, yeah, and, and it's, it's also a important. totally different way of scaling it because with a circular economy, you need person A paying to B and mm -hmm. he wants to spend it to C and like it's the whole network. And with remittances, you yeah. just need A and B. And if there is like C and D, then I have to connect it to A and B, which makes it already valuable for four people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, and did you also experience some other challenges uh, in Boracay, for example, internet connectivity or other things that affect the use of the Lightning Network? Yeah, like the, the Wi-Fi or like 4G data was not always the best. And mm -hmm. I've been in more than 30 countries now, and I think Boracay was one of the worst places where I've been <laughs> in terms of the internet, maybe oh, besides really? rural Costa Rica. That's why so, we lost it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so man. if you walk, if you if you yeah. are like going to a bar on the coastline you were like basically sitting on the beach you're already almost too far out of the island because you go yeah. towards the sea uh so you need like to ask for the wi-fi password or it's so slow that you just wait for a minute for somehow like the pre-image and all the, the lightning information to be sent eventually it works all the time but it's definitely not optimal i could have paid 20 times with cash already and it's like yeah, yeah okay so <laughs> yeah. there's some work to do then yeah for offline uh, payments like that yeah that's yeah. Uh, that's important yeah and um you also went to the first uh nostr unconference like it's called the nostra in uh, costa rica how did you start using nostr in the first place and uh, why did you want to attend this conference i think i started using it december 2022 like right when everyone was getting into it after like the first grants and Jack Dorsey, Edward Snowden. Yeah. It was just a little bit before that. And well, I'm traveling anyway. I'm a Bitcoin geek. So I was like, I want to go to El Salvador. <laughs> Perfect combination. Actually, Guatemala with Bitcoin Lake is also on my list. So let's just go to Panama and then work my way up to the north. So yeah. I made a stop at uh, Bitcoin Jungle where uh, the conference was. And yeah. Big yeah, you wrote then, like even an more. intense <laughs> article of 
everything that you uh, you experienced there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Like that's the thing. Sometimes you feel you're at those places where people want to know how it is, whether it's the Bitcoin economy or Nostrica or yeah, you yeah. want to write it down, you want to share it. And maybe I'm also a Nostra cheerleader now. <laughs> well, what is, what is in your opinion the most important relation between the Bitcoin and, and Lightning and, and Nostra? Freedom. That's it. Freedom of Absolute speech, freedom. freedom of money. And like there's a lot to talk about with the technology behind it and how it works and how it has to be improved. But it just gives everyone a tool to like have freedom over whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And uh, uh, well, this is of course uh, Nostra is very important uh, to have freedom. What is required to uh, introduce more uh, people uh, to Nostra instead of only Bitcoiners? Oh, it's a very difficult question because <laughs> yeah. there is there are many Bitcoiners on Nostra, yeah. and if you want to bring a non-Bitcoiner, there is this echo chamber of Bitcoiners talking about what they like. <laughs> So I think it's very important to have this Grow Nostra initiative. Like, let's talk yeah. about more than Bitcoin and more than this small group, which would eventually, and, yeah. like, welcome everyone. And the um, channels, channels yeah, to talk yeah. about particular s subjects or something. Because the integration in uh, on websites for communicating uh, on, a, on a chat basis is, is great. It's, it's a great um, uh, use case. So, yeah. yeah. And one but, other uh, thing is like, you yeah. need to know how to find your friends because right now oh, yeah. you can only really do it through following someone else. And then yeah. you're already in someone else's bubble and you don't want yeah. that. You want to have your own. Yeah, so that's right. Some kind of account exploration. Yeah, because otherwise we're only following Jack or, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then you're inside <laughs> <Or each> the <laughs> bubble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks, well, mate. Yeah, thanks, Arnold. Yeah, we had um, a couple of extra questions, of course, about Lightning, but um, uh, you, you travel a lot. So uh, I think it's great to have you uh, back on the show one day. So uh, that would be would awesome. Be nice. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> we have one question left for you, um, uh, Arnold, and you may mm -hmm. choose yourself. We have um, a question prepared from Oscar from Falcon.app. From Ton Kunen, he's from Lightning Checkout, he's a fellow Dutchie. And from Jesse De Witt, also a fellow Dutchie from Breeze Technology. I'll go for the question from Ton because he works on Bitcoin Focus too. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, great match. All right, here it comes. Ton here from Lightning Checkout. I want to ask you the following question. Bolt 12 was already implemented in Core Lightning. Currently, also Lightning Labs is working on the implementation. Do you think Bolt 12 is a good development for the Lightning Network? Well, a perfect question. <laughs> because like, this is one of the key problems in this circular Bitcoin economy. It's like, how can we make non-custodial kind of key send yeah. wallets? Yeah, that's it, Bolt 12. We need it. And, and I hope more wallets, or like, I know that Core Lightning has integrated it. There are some Core Lightning wallets that have it, but it's really time to have all wallets to to have it from like phoenix up to whatever do you think it's just a ma matter of time in in the end it, it, it uh, they will implement it too yeah pretty sure yeah. because it makes apps so much better and it is yeah yeah it's, it's an it's a no-brainer then we could do subscriptions uh, steph yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> thanks man conecta el mundo 
Yeah, really nice to talk to you, uh, Arnold. Yeah, um, it was. And really, uh, yeah, really love to uh, to hear all the the, the news from uh, from all around the globe, and uh, especially, yeah, you talk to all the people who are also uh, uh, being part of our show, obviously. So yeah. it's very nice to um, yeah to, to talk to you about it. Um, yeah, thanks for can, having maybe me. Maybe people follow you, man. Can can you maybe share your your Twitter and uh, and all? Yeah, I I would say my Twitter and El Noster. So my Twitter is Starnold with ST four, number four. Not. Yeah. I should make it easier, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so or Arnold Hubach is is my full name. You'll find it with a little lightning icon. And um, El Noster it's Starnold at BitcoinFocus.nl, which is my uh, Nippo five. Awesome. And um, for people uh, who are on your Twitter account and uh, you also have in your bio uh, the board game that you made, the Bitcoin board game, could be interesting. Still working on it. Yeah, it's work in progress. So uh, education through like fun, have fun being educated. That's perfect. the perfect combination. And this board game is also on Geyser, uh, uh, funding through Geyser, right? So um, where can people find it on Geyser? What's it called? uh block hunters the bitcoin board game okay um so yeah working on it like part-time whenever i find time to develop it further time to Perfect. get uh to the real print files and, and awesome characters and design so what's, if, what's the time what's the time frame what what do you uh, expect oh it's very hard because like the more you work on it the more you want to improve it so you should say like it's ready <laughs> now but then you feel like ah, it should be a little bit better let's change the gameplay and then you have to play it dozens of yeah. times again so very hard to say <laughs> i was okay. immediately thinking about a no corner edition or something to to play it with um uh, as a bitcoiner with people who don't know bitcoin and then uh, have fun about it and and learn that's in the exactly process. That would be how i awesome. see most people love the game like <laughs> yeah they, they're gonna have questions and then finally you can answer Indeed. them <laughs> yeah yeah cool why do we and run then, off coins scarcity <laughs> yeah. can we, we just print them no it's impossible <laughs> it's impossible yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay well, well we keep an eye on the project yeah. too man yeah yes thanks thanks again thanks. Arnold keep having good work <laughs> thanks. thanks and thanks for listening and thanks to all members participating in uh, the Rings of Fire and of course thanks to everyone uh, helping to connect world with us together if you like our content then please support us in our mission visit our website connecttheworld.live where you can also donate and subscribe, like, and share our our content on your favorite platform. We need you to complete our mission, connect the world, so keep those nodes running, sets flowing, and rings burning. And see you all next week on this same Lightning channel. Au revoir, Arnold. Later, Arnold. (laughs) Tot ziens. (laughs) 